You're listening to Do What You Want Radio, a podcast series for creative entrepreneurs, freelancers, and those ready to learn how to do what they want. I'm your host, Jordan Heffler. Hey guys, I want to tell you a little bit about my online Do What You Want workshops. I am all about doing what you want. Obviously, that's the name of this podcast. And through my self-paced online video workshops, I want to show you how to create authentically branded content that will leverage growth on your social media platforms. You're obviously listening to this podcast because you're a creative entrepreneur or you're interested in taking your passion project to the next level. And a lot of times the first thing that people are going to notice about that is your branding. As a professional photographer, the first mistake I see businesses making is not investing in the quality of their digital presence. Good photos can make or break your brand, and they'll definitely help you make more money in the long run. I want to show you how you can amp up your social media photos by yourself with your phone, and then get the most out of them by really optimizing your content online with automation techniques. I offer two online workshop courses, Mastering iPhoneography and Branding Authenticity, as well as a discounted bundle of the two called Create Killer Consistent Content. In these online workshops, I'll teach you how to stage photos to create content, take better photos with your phone and then edit them to perfection, identify your personal brand, repurpose, optimize, and automate your content, and stay authentic while still having visual strategy on social media. I tend to get really lazy in the summer because it's the worst time of the year, which is why I'm offering a limited time discount of 30% off with the promo code in all caps. Summer is boring from now until July 1st. Learn more and enroll at jordanheffler.com slash workshops. That's jordanheffler.com slash workshops. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Do What You Want Radio. I have an exciting guest today, Allison Braun. We are Skyping, and she is a business and life satisfaction mentor. So, hey, Allison. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me on today. Thanks for joining me today. I always think it's so cool that the internet lets me do this with people I've never met, you know, just like recording podcasts with people on the internet. Um, So tell everyone a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah. um, I am a central Canadian. So I live in the Canadian prairies and I'm a Pisces that loves to be by the ocean, which is ironic. Um, So a lot of my motivation in my earlier years when I was getting started eight years ago was to be able to be close to the ocean, to be able to travel and to do what I loved on hours that I loved with people that I loved on projects that I loved. Like I think most of us um, are really motivated by and over the years, things have really shifted and evolved. I kind of have this two year expiration date where it's like every two years, there's like this big transition where it's like, Oh great. Like I really integrated whatever lesson I needed to learn. And now I'm ready for what's next. And my background is in holistic health actually. Um, but what I'm most passionate about is supporting creative, ambitious women who know that they have this big purpose, this big message, and all of these amazing gifts that they want to share with the world. And to really follow that without having to sacrifice other things that are really important to them, their free time and spaciousness, their relationships, their health, um, and anything else that they're really excited about. So um, a lot of my clients come to me when they are feeling dissatisfied or like they're overworking or underpaid. 
And together we really get it to the place where they can be thriving in every area of their life and getting paid really well doing the work that they're most passionate about. Well, I feel like you're preaching to the choir, not just me, but (laughs) probably people listening as well. Um, And I love what you said about, you know, ambitious, creative women who feel like they have to sacrifice something. Because I think speaking from experience, that's always like the the struggle and there's like those Venn diagram memes that are like pick three or pick pick two and it's like three <laughs> yes. bubbles and one is like mental sanity like the next one's like social relationships and the next one is like success um like financial success or whatever and it's always like pick two you can't have all three and I like that you're working to get women all three yes yes I uh, I like to joke around that I'm so anti-sacrifice that my husband and I had two weddings the same <laughs> husband because I just like we both wanted slightly different things and we're like, well, we don't have to sacrifice. We can do both of them. And yeah, I just really believe that it's not this or it's, and yeah, well, that's kind of what the title of my podcast, do what you want radio and kind of this, it's become a slogan for my life. And so much of it is to remind me to do what I want and to not sacrifice. Cause a lot of times I'm still not doing what I want, (laughs) you know? So it's more so like a reminder for me, but um, also to encourage um, and empower other people to feel creative and do what they want to, um, which is why I love talking to people like you on here, because it sounds like you are truly doing what you want. Yeah, yeah, that is something that I feel like my, I mean, not to say that I don't have my own challenges like we all do, but this is an area where I really live and breathe it and have for a very long time, thankfully. So, Speaking on that, what are some of the challenges that you have in your profession? Well, um, some of the the layers that I've gone through in my many years doing this are around self-expression. Self-expression is really one of the core kind of purposes in my work. Mm -hmm. When I was younger, I felt like I had to be quiet and that what I had to say didn't really matter. And I also was kind of a chameleon. Like I got really used to shifting and evolving depending on who I was around to the point that I really didn't know what I believed and what I thought because I had shut it down so much. And this is an area that I've grown a million times and I'll probably grow a million times more yet. But that piece around really voicing my thoughts and my opinions and not letting fear of, of judgment or what other people might think really hold me back, um, has been a huge, both challenge and area of growth for me. And, and also a lot of my clients tend to come to me because they're like, I don't really know what I want, or I don't know if what I have to say is valuable. And so that tends to be a really big thing that we work on, um, that I'm really, really passionate about. So that's been a huge area of growth and a huge challenge for me. Um, another one has been in my earlier years, because I kind of had this two year expiry date, it was like every two years I'm like, Oh, now I'm kind of like bored of this and I'm ready for something else. And there was moments where I, I kind of questioned that I was like, Oh, like what, what is this about? And what is my purpose actually? And so purpose has been another really big 
challenge, um, especially around 10 years ago. And when I was just getting started, I was like, what is my purpose? Like, how do all of these things that I'm great at come together in this clear, focused way? And then every time I grow and evolve, it's it's not like that question never comes up again. It's like, oh, great. Like, how does what I'm focusing on now connect to that overarching purpose? Mm-hmm. And just continuing to really explore the through lines and those threads that have always been there, even though things on the surface are shifting and evolving. So how did you have that aha moment on what your purpose is? For me, it really came down to recognizing that it can be as simple as my purpose is to be me. And Therefore, my job and my purpose is to is to express myself in whatever way wants to come through in any given moment, whether that is business coaching or it's playing with crystals and essential oils or it's having a conversation with a stranger about their desires. Um, not any one of those things is exclusive. My per- my purpose, mm-hmm. my purpose is all of it, and it's to be me, and it's to express myself, and to by doing that show others that that's their only job as well. Their only job is really to truly be all of themselves, uncensored, and that their purpose comes through that. Yeah, I feel like that's an overarching like theme with creatives especially is like the desire to want to express themselves but not always having the confidence to do so um Mm -hmm. I find that a lot of people because I'm very social and I'm not shy and um, but that doesn't mean I don't still have like like a lack of self-confidence in other areas but people love to ask me questions about like well how do you put yourself out there how do you like always post on Instagram, like pictures of yourself and not feel weird, just stuff like that. And I find it hard for me to answer that because for me, my purpose, like you said, is to be expressive. Like my self-expression sometimes is um, hand in hand with like how I market my services by putting myself out there, you know, it's personality Uh marketing, but that doesn't mean that there's not days where I don't feel confident in doing that or whatever. But what kind of advice would you give to someone who might be struggling with the self-confidence to have that clarity for their purpose of self-expression? Yeah, this comes up almost every week, if not every day um, in my communities, because it was such a challenge for me earlier on, really finding that. And this piece around expression and how it connects with visibility and confidence is something that I've been talking a lot about lately. So I'm really excited about this. Um, One of the biggest things I have found helpful is one is really looking at one what's holding you back from sharing something that you feel compelled to share or to put out there mm-hmm. what are what are the fears or the thoughts whether it's like oh i don't want to come across as being like selfish or braggy or right what if no one pays attention or what if people do pay attention but they judge me so really being honest with what those little kind of niggly bits are that are playing behind the scenes and and bringing them to the forefront and then looking at what would you be willing to do anyways even if people were going to judge you even if no one did comment or like or pay attention what do you feel so compelled to share and express despite that 
and really leaning into that direction and knowing that there are always going to be people that judge you. There are going to be times when it seems like no one's paying attention, but the purpose is to be yourself and to express yourself, to let that out. And through doing that, it's inevitable that you're going to impact others in a positive way. And that's what it's really about. And to check in and say like, okay, how would I feel if I didn't share this 10 years from now? How would I feel if I really held all of this in? And am I willing to be uncomfortable for a moment to let that out and practice strengthening those muscles to, to be more expressed and to put myself out there and know that ultimately I am worthy. I am enough and I'm deserving of that. I think that's what it really comes down to is each and every one of you are worthy in this moment right now without having to change or be any different that you're worthy. You are enough and you deserve to express yourself and to put it out into the world in whatever way feels good to you. Yeah. I feel like that is somewhat similar to that, like cheesy, um, quote like the whole dance like nobody's watching thing but it's true and like I, it's a big buzz thing in the photography community or you know just visual arts community I feel like because people are like like would you still be creating even if Instagram wasn't there like some of y'all just only make this stuff to post it to get like likes or whatever and it's always this buzzy conversation about like would you have done that if you couldn't post it and my whole thought process is like yeah, probably. But like, why wouldn't I post it? Like, why wouldn't I want to share it with the, the world if I was like, excited about it? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I mean, we, we all need to create in some way, like there's gotta be something that's moving through us. And one, if we're doing it for, for other people and not ourselves, I don't think there's anything wrong with with doing it for other people. But I think that's also a message that's kind of come through where it's like, it's only about being in service. It's only about inspiring others or impacting others. And while I think that's really important, I think it also comes down to like, we also have to do it for ourselves. It's not one or the other, it's both. Mm -hmm. It's, It's expressing for our own sake and sanity and creativity and for the impact that it'll have on other people. I totally agree. And I feel like this is like kind of a great segue into something that I've been wanting to talk to somebody about in the podcast. But so for people who are lacking the confidence to share or self-express themselves, um, self-express themselves, it makes no sense to express themselves um, for people. What does that look like when you're trying to tie it to people who want to create and express themselves for money, for business? Because I feel like there are a lot of people who are not only afraid to share their work or share their personality, but they're even more so afraid to do that, but for a monetary gain in return. Yes. Oh boy. We could talk about this all day. I love, I love talking about money, especially when it comes to creatives and a lot of my clients have um, spiritual backgrounds as well and so there's this idea that you know I can't or I shouldn't it's not that I can't I shouldn't be receiving money for this because I'm enjoying it or because it's just what I'm meant to be doing or because I'm here to serve people and doing this work shouldn't be in exchange for money and 
honestly, I think so much of that is BS because whatever work you are doing, especially when it feels so easy and joyful for you, especially when it feels easy and joyful for you, that's because it, it you're operating in your zone of genius. And that is when you, you're doing something that is not easy and joyful for someone else. Right. And that really deserves to have an exchange, an exchange of energy. And in this time and place in the world, for most of us, that exchange looks like I'm going to give you this gift of my skills or my time and my energy in exchange for a financial compensation. Because right now, frankly, it takes money to live. You know, we have mortgages to pay, you know, car insurance, gas, we need food. And as we're building these successful businesses, we are growing and it requires, this is not a luxury anymore. It requires us to take precious care of ourselves, Mm -hmm. especially if you're doing a lot of creative or energy work, you need to be taking really good care of yourself. And that takes money in most cases. This is true. You know, it's, it, to me, it's kind of silly to think that like, oh, this work doesn't deserve to be paid because I can just do it so naturally. It's like, no, that's because that's your gift. Just like something else is someone else's gift. It's like this idea that if you were to go to a grocery store and like take some apples and be like, oh, you know, these apples grew really naturally. So I'm just going to like, I shouldn't have to pay for them. Or can I do a payment plan for these apples? Or I don't have money for these apples, so can I just take them? It's like, no. Right. It's it's an exchange. And these creative businesses, these energetic businesses, these service-based businesses are an exchange just like anything else, which means that you don't need to be giving discounts. You don't be, need to be giving it away for free you could be charging amounts that really nourish you so that you can keep doing your best work in the world. Yes. I feel that it's, um, that everything that you just said is what myself included creative struggle with the most. And it's like the one thing that no one ever really wants to talk about. Um, and I feel like creatives don't like to talk to each other about it. It's just always such a negative connotation when the word money comes up. Um, and I feel like over the past couple of years, for me, it's gotten easier to talk about because like you said, it's just a reality. It's like at this point, this is not a job or this is not a joke. This is a job. Like (laughs) this is like how I pay my rent and how I do things. And it can still be really draining mentally and physically to have to equate your, your talents to a dollar amount. Mm, Um, especially when they're always changing, like you might be getting better or your health might be getting worse, or there's all, all these extraneating circumstances that could like determine the dollar amount. And uh, it's kind of always so scary to, um, to have to be confident about. But I feel like what you said about um, if you're getting paid for something that you love, that just means that you're doing, like you've, you've made it. <laughs> like that's yeah, the point. You're on the right track. <laughs> and it's funny how once we start getting paid doing what we love, we start feeling guilty for some reason. Like you feel like you should be getting paid to do something you don't like. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a bizarre um, mindset. And I don't know if it's other people go through that or if it's just like creatives or small business owners, people who own, you know, small freelance businesses or whatever. I have no idea. But it is funny how that shift in your mindset happens where all of a sudden you feel like guilty and you have like this scarcity mindset 
as soon as you're doing what it is that you love? It's after doing this work for eight years, one of the, the clearest things that I have, I have observed from working with women in all different backgrounds is that we live in a society that glorifies hard. Mm-hmm. So the harder you're working, the more deserving you are. And the more that you struggle, the more that you sacrifice, the more enough you are. And this is, this is absolutely a thousand percent no longer necessary. In past times, it may have been a requirement in some way, shapes and forms, but now it is not like, it's so deeply ingrained in ourselves and in our bodies and in our minds and in our culture that we have to be working hard and we have to be almost struggling really in order to be worthy of what we're receiving in exchange. And, and so that's why it's so natural for when something actually feels really good for us, when something actually feels easy and enjoyable in our work, we're like, well, this is wrong. Like I can't actually receive great money for this because I didn't work hard for it. So it's like this weird programming that I'm really committed to, to ending and changing. Like we are meant to be living and working differently. Now that no longer is in service. It's no longer required. And I think the more and more we see women, people, doing what they love and being compensated well for it, the more that we'll realize that that's just more and more people living in their zone of genius, doing what they love doing and what they do best. And that's, that's what we all are worthy of is doing what we enjoy, doing what we do best and being compensated well for it in whatever way that looks like for us. I had recently talked to a friend who had read a book and I wish I knew the book, but there was this whole concept in the book about how, um, just because it took you 20 minutes to do this job for X amount of money, doesn't mean it didn't take you 20 years to learn how to do that so well. In yeah. So that's exactly. a simple concept, but it flipped everything in my head. Cause I'm the same where I charge kind of hourly for photography related things. And sometimes I get what I need to get done like in 30 minutes. And then I feel guilty <laughs> because I, charged for an hour, but I only did 30 minutes or whatever. But it's one of those situations where it took me a long time practicing what I do to be able to do what I did for you in, you know, 30 minutes. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't make it any less valuable. If anything, it probably makes it more valuable because it's efficient. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Time, time is the most valuable resource that we have. And thankfully we're moving out of this paradigm of like, you need to sit at a desk for eight hours And we're realizing that we're actually only productive for maybe four hours of that time. So you don't need to sit there for eight hours, just do the four hours of work and then enjoy and and be in those areas of inspiration for the rest of the time to get the, the most efficient amount done. I really believe that pleasure is productive. You know, the more pleasure and enjoyment we experience, the more productive and efficient we actually are. It's not about sitting and struggling and pushing and hustling. That actually is really inefficient. That That's this old um, teaching that you have to do all of the things instead of just doing the things that are actually most important. 
That's so true. And this actually just reminded me, too. I just I never know when my episodes are going to come out. But anyone listening who went to the crop conference, there's this graphic design or creative conference in Baton Rouge that I went to last week. And one of the speakers, he's an illustrator. Um, I can link his work in the show notes. But he had a really great talk and a great metaphor in his talk about how you want, like as an illustrator in his case, you want to be working at a 7 out of 10 for every job because if you work at a 10 out of 10 you're so maxed out in your energy and talents that you it takes a long time to recover from that job from all the energy you put into versus if you work at like a 7 out of 10 it's like something that's challenging but you're not like maxing out on and so you end up doing more work and so that didn't quite make sense to me until he related it to pull-ups or push-ups he was like if someone does seven pull-ups every day they'll be a little sore but they'll be able to do seven more the next day but if you try to do 10 pull-ups today you'll be so sore it takes you a week to recover so you end up doing less pull-ups over the course of like a year and i thought that was so interesting thinking about it in terms of like work and how like my, my goal as a photographer is to get these big commercial jobs but sometimes those big commercial jobs they pay more but they take more energy and more time that like and then it takes me so long to edit the photos to turn them around that I can't do any other jobs that whole next week and so then you end up doing less work throughout the year at your max energy each time so you're just stressed all the time because it takes you so long to like recover and I thought that was such an interesting metaphor because he was like you don't want to be skating through doing stuff that's too easy but you you want a little bit of a challenge to where it's like a a like a gradual you know, like, like if you look at it like a line graph, like it's gradually going up versus like you're peaking your valley, your peak, your valley. So yeah. that, that was a really interesting um, metaphor for creating. Yeah. I love the conversation about sustainability because I do see that a lot in, in this industry where there's so many people that are, are hustling, 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 and they're burning out mm-hmm. and then they're quitting or they, you know, they end up with chronic health issues that prevent them from continuing to do their work. And I, then my favorite analogy around it is like, okay, if you regularly maintain your car that you're driving, mm-hmm. you know, you get your regular oil changes, this being self-care, you know, you're taking really good care of yourself, you're nourishing yourself through, you know, getting paid properly taking time off, working in your zone of genius and not saying yes to things that you don't want to be doing, having healthy boundaries, um, your car will keep going and the cost of maintenance is relatively low. Mm -hmm. But if you keep leaving it and leaving it and leaving it, all of a sudden you blow your whole engine. Right. And then it takes, you know, a month to get fixed and it costs thousands and thousands of dollars and you you didn't enjoy the journey because you're just like pushing, pushing, pushing. It takes you so long to recover and it costs way more. So once again, this is kind of like that old mentality of how to like work that is just really actually inefficient and not sustainable at all. Yeah. I totally can relate to that car analogy because I, <laughs> I had a big, big health burnout a couple of years ago and it took some time to get back on my feet and it really put everything into perspective. And since that, time it's really made digesting like the money talk a little bit more realistic and less like you don't take it as personal because you're like this is business I need the money to do this that and the other and like because of all the struggles I've gone through I now realize how it's important and it's not like something to be ashamed of or feel weird about anymore yeah let's let's talk about this money piece more and go into some more specifics because I think 
I think like we were talking about earlier, this is a place where a lot of people get stuck and they're kind of like, I don't really like, what do I charge? How do I like, yes. how do I package things? And I feel like I have a slightly different perspective on this than a lot of, <laughs> a lot of people. I'd love to hear and, it. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things that I feel my business really has done differently right from the start is I started operating my business how I wanted it to be right from the start. So instead of having that mentality of like, okay, I just have to like sacrifice and push through for the first year or two um, to get where I want to be. I was just like, no, like what, do, what do I want my life to really look like? What do I want my, my work to feel like? What do I want to be making? What do I need to be making? And how can I set things up right from the start to support that? And I created this process that I've been following and requiring all of my clients to go through for the last eight years called the business pleasure map. And it's based on this premise that most people are like, okay, I want to make X amount of dollars in the coaching industry. It's like, okay, I want to make six figures and that's success. So we have these superficial ideas of, of, you know, what things how much we should be making or what success looks like versus what it actually is for us. So the first step is to really look at what does your ideal realistic. So it's not like I'm making a million dollars next week. It's like, no, what does your ideal lifestyle look like realistically in the short terms, like over the next six months or so. And you know, how much time are you working? How are you spending your time? What are you spending your money on? So I include things in this, um, everything from car insurance, <laughs> since we're talking about cars, yeah. you know, car insurance and gas to weekly massages, um, to having a personal assistant, to eating organic and having organic groceries. Um, so like every single thing that I want to experience what does that actually cost each and every month? So that's like a really tangible action step because sometimes our ideal lifestyle may cost considerably less than what we actually think it will. And sometimes it'll cost more. So it's important to not just like throw random numbers mm -hmm. out there of like, Oh, I want to be making 10 K a month. It's like, well, why, you know, what, where is that money going when it comes in? Because what I see a lot of people experiencing is they actually reach certain financial goals, but they're still not experiencing what they really want because they're not paying attention to where the money is going or why they need it or why it's important to them. Mm -hmm. So someone making a thousand dollars a month and someone making $10,000 a month and someone making a hundred thousand dollars a month can ex be experiencing the exact same things because they're not connected to what they really want and where they want that money to be going. And someone making those dollar amounts can be experiencing exactly what they want, whatever it may be, because they are connected and clear on where they want that money to be going. So looking at what you want to experience and what it actually costs and getting a dollar amount for the month. So each month on average, my ideal lifestyle costs X amount of dollars. And not just knowing what you want, but why it's important to you. So why is being able to travel important to you? Why is getting a monthly massage important to you? Why is having certain art supplies important to you? 
and then really connecting to that because the why is is important because it shows us the feelings that we want to be feeling which we can connect to right now before even having those things right and then from there you're looking at your your schedule and your time so for me I'm really sensitive and I don't have infinite amounts of energy. I'm a low energy person. I always have been. So when I was starting my business, I knew like I didn't want to be taking on 20 clients a month. I I knew I wouldn't have the energy for that. So I was like, well, how many clients do I want to be working with and how often? For me, it was, okay, I want to be working with six clients every other week so that every other week I have a whole week to create, to play, to travel without having to think about client work. Mm -hmm. That's what I wanted. And so I took that information with the the monthly dollar amount and I, I matched them together. I was like, how much do I actually need to charge to be making my lifestyle amount, the the amount that I need to be making while working with only the amount of clients that I want to be working with. And that's how I figured out my pricing. And that's how I recommend my clients figure out their pricing as well. Sometimes, you know, it's a little bit of a dance right off the bat. You kind of might have to take some baby steps towards it, but it at least gives you some tangible things to work with versus just kind of like throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah. Well, cause it's like a formula. It really yeah. is. I mean, there's math to it, but I feel like also for me, like, especially in my market where I am, a lot of pricing is just finding out what everyone else is charging too. Cause it's like, no mm-hmm. one likes to talk to each other about it. And you kind of just have to start asking similar people in your field because that way you're not the cheap person, but you're also not the expensive person. You're just a competitive player. And that way people can choose based off of talent and style versus like price. Um, yeah. And that, I feel like that can be hard and that might just be specific to certain industries. But I think there's definitely a mathematical formula, like you said, to come up with a number. And, and for me, it was kind of the same thing. And it took me, I was doing freelance work like, for a couple of years before I even sat down to make that formula. And it forced me to really kind of come to terms with what I was already charging and decide like if I wanted to go up. Um, I had, you know, some health issues and, you know, I moved into my own apartment and I had like new expenses and new equipment, but I also had new experience. So you can adjust your pricing accordingly, you know, as Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff changes too. So it's kind of like a reverse engineering tactic, I feel like, to do this formula to find out what it is you're spending, what it is you want. And um, I think that you're completely right and that's the best way to come up with pricing. People love to ask me like, how do you know what to charge? And I'm like, well, at first I didn't. I just, you know, (laughs) picked a number and then I found it was drastically cheaper than a lot of other people in my area. And so you kind of have to start putting, you know, reasons behind why you're charging. And those reasons are exactly what you just said. Like it's, it costs this much for me to live or to do what I want to do. And I think it's important. There's uh, thank you for sharing that. Cause that brings up, <laughs> there's like so many nuggets in there. Like one, I think it's really important. I think a lot of people feel like they have to justify their pricing as well. When they, you know, when they raise it or when they're asking for what they really want, it's like all of a sudden they need to defend or, or justify their rates. And 
Honestly, your clients don't care that you have to pay your mortgage or, you know, that you want to buy organic groceries or, you know, any of those things that you have in your kind of lifestyle design situation, they don't care. But what they do care about is the experience, the end product, Mm -hmm. how fast they got it, how enjoyable it was, did it get them the results or the feelings that they want to feel. And so this is where you really need to look at how you work, how you are different from other people in your industry, what sets you apart, and, and really leaning into that. Because in any industry, you could be comparing your prices to other people, but that can be so limiting and and restrictive and really take you away from what you're wanting to experience. So I think it's really important. Yeah, pay attention to what other people are doing, but then also lean into your own strengths and how you're different and how that that makes you the perfect person and the perfect investment for your soulmate clients. Cause you're not for everyone, right? None of us is, No one wants. but to we be. are for our people. Yes, yeah. exactly. Well, actually that's not true. A lot of people want to be everything, especially at first. I know I did. Yes. I was like, I want everyone to hire me. I can do anything. <laughs> Just let me know what it is you want. I'll figure it out. Um, and then it slowly whittled away from there. But I feel like strong businesses usually start the other way around where they start with a specific niche and then they end up growing. I did it backwards. Um, <laughs> but um, how would you help explain how to find your like soulmate client or like your niche of how you're different. Yes. I love this. So I'm a big believer in looking at all of the things that you're passionate about. So one of my favorite exercises for my clients, when they go through clarity to clients, one of my signature programs for newer business owners is to really look at all of your past work experiences, whether it was like volunteering, um, interning, or, you know, having a lemonade stand when you were a kid, looking at all of those experiences and what were some of your favorite aspects about them? Where did you really thrive? And also what were your least favorite things? So it's kind of looking at those three lines again, because eventually you'll start to see like, oh, my favorite thing in all of these positions or all of these jobs was X. Mm-hmm. Um, so looking at your, your different passions, the things that you are really great at pulling all of those together and then also looking at your, and this won't be a new concept for most, for most people, but like, what is your, why, what really compels you beyond yourself to be doing this work and also for yourself. So it's like that, that kind of personal selfish why, and also a why that goes beyond yourself. What really moves you to be doing this work? And combining all of those pieces into a really clear, focused way. So, for example, um, a lot of people have these different hobbies, whether it's like making jewelry or, I don't know, working at this certain volunteer philanthropic endeavor. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, well, I can't make money at this but it's what I'm most passionate about. We can bring those elements into whatever that core focus is without it being that, that specific thing that you're getting paid for. So for example, one of my clients was really passionate about helping women release trauma, but she also loved hula hooping and she didn't want this like serious topic to feel so heavy to people. 
And so it was, she wasn't getting paid to hula hoop, but she brought that hula hoop into some of her, of her videos when she was talking about some of these really serious, deep things, just to bring a sense of lightness. Mm-hmm. So you can bring in all of these different things together, still in a very clear, focused way. So you want to look at those passions, that why, and who you can best serve through those. So like you said, it's really not ideal to be trying to mold yourself into any and every situation and client, but rather this is who I can best serve. This is who I'm passionate about serving. This is who I'm skilled to serve. And this is also a target market, a soulmate client group that can afford without being into service to pay the, so there's kind of like this check checklist of like, okay, I love working with this type of people. Like it's actually enjoyable for me. I can legitimately help them with the problem that they're experiencing and passionate about helping them solve that problem. And they're in a demographic that can actually afford to pay these rates that I need in order to nourish myself. One of the things that I have found helpful is doing a negotiable and a non-negotiable list for my soulmate clients, just like I would do with like a a relationship partner. It's like, okay, these are the things that are absolutely non-negotiable. They have healthy boundaries. They take personal responsibility. They're really funny, you know, whatever it might be for you that is like absolutely necessary for you to enjoy working with this person. And then there's like some fun non-negotiables or sorry, negotiables that aren't necessary, but would be like nice icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. And that can um, really help you get comfortable being like, actually, no, you're not my perfect client, but go see Sally over here. I think you'll really drive well with her. The more comfortable you get in saying like, actually, no, we're not the perfect fit. The more of a magnet you are for the people that are. I think when you are trying to make everything work, that's actually kind of a repelling, a repelling energy because people actually lose trust. When you're like, oh yeah, I can help everyone with everything. People actually trust you less versus someone that says, I can best help these people and actually I'm not best to help these people. That's true. Cause it's like right? people look for a specialist, but it's interesting. Cause when you're, when you're a customer, like if I'm a customer and I want to, I don't know, find someone who could make me curtains, which wouldn't be a thing, but you know, like I want to <laughs> go to like a person that makes curtains instead of like a, you know, movie costume designer that might be able to make curtains I only am saying this because I'm staring at curtains right now it's a super lame (laughs) example but 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 as a business owner you don't think that way you're like I'm ready to take on the world like I'm ready to like provide everyone with everything it's so weird but then you notice yourself as a customer in other industries being that way and then you're like oh this is how my customers are probably feeling (laughs) Yes. It's so valuable to look at how you make purchases and decisions because it's likely that your soulmate client is very similar. They make choices the same way. And and when you can remember that, marketing and, and storytelling becomes a lot easier because you're basically just marketing to, to yourself. And, and then all of a sudden you start gravitating and calling in, magnetizing the people that you most are a match with. That's funny because then it goes back to you just 
being expressive because your purpose is <laughs> to be yes. you and then your clients are people that are like you kind of sometimes I mean I don't know if that's true for everyone all the time but I definitely think it's it's true and I've struggled with the ideal client thing for so long but it's been recent that I'm like oh my ideal client is someone who is like me <laughs> yeah. ding 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 <laughs> it takes yeah. a second to realize that but I've also struggled too because I have different facets to what I do and so different products or services have like different you know people that they serve so my ideal client isn't just one person that would do all of it sometimes it's like kind of a different person per thing mm-hmm. that I do and that took a long time too because I'm like how do I find this one size fits all person who is like wanting to buy my online workshops and hire me for photography and you know listen to my podcast and you know and so I've learned that different products have different purposes sometimes totally there there can be so many different soulmate clients and th- this is again why I feel like it's so important to really express yourself and share yourself in your business because when you are honest and authentic in, in sharing yourself and your stories and expressing yourself, different people will mirror different parts of yourself. So Mm -hmm. each product has a different soulmate client. Yes. But you could be sharing one message and not even selling a product necessarily, but different types of people that can relate to different parts of your story will start to come through. Mm So this is why, yeah, you want to be clear and focused, but also when you're just being yourself, naturally you're going to gravitate and call for different types of people that are aspects of you, so to speak. So you talked about being a magnet for those types of things. What is your take on manifestation and how has that played a part in your business? I am, I know embodiment's kind of become a little bit of a buzzword in my industry lately, but I'm a big, big believer in being and really modeling what you stand for. There's a lot of people that read something one time and then they just go and teach it <laughs> or, you know, they go in and share it, which is fine. But for me, um, this piece around energy and, and magnetizing really comes from me embodying what I stand for, me Mm -hmm. being and really practicing what I preach. Mm -hmm. I know without a shadow of a doubt, if I'm not practicing what I preach, I'm not being magnetic. Like I'm not calling in those people because they can feel it. They're not going to trust me if they don't see me modeling the thing that they want to experience. It's like, um, one of my favorite examples is I have this, this program called clarity clients, which is for healers and service-based business providers who, who want to make great money doing what they love and, and do it with as much enjoyment and ease as possible. Mm -hmm. And if I was marketing in that, that where I was working all the time, I was hustling, I was pushing, I wasn't really enjoying what I was doing. Cause I was like, I just need to get all this done. There'd be a complete disconnect And the people, I think we sometimes discount how intuitive and perceptive the market is now. Like people can feel, you know, they can feel if, if you are someone who's preaching about, you know, really enjoying the process, but meanwhile, you're like struggling and pushing through, they can tell and there's a disconnect. But if you are really enjoying the process, if you are really practicing what you preach, people like, flock to you because they're like, that's what I want to. And, and so to me, 
living your message is the most magnetic, powerful thing that you can do. And it's something that you have a hundred percent control over. You can choose each and every day to keep doing the work and not saying we need to be perfect or have everything figured out at all the time, but really leaning into doing what you need to do to be impeccable and integrous and, and to be really modeling what you believe and what you want for your community and for your clients. I a hundred percent agree with that. Um, and I find myself caught in that sometimes too. Cause like I said, my, my business is just my name, Jordan Heffler photography, but what I do with it has turned into so much more than photography. And so do what you want has become like a tagline that's kind of come out of that. And I now sell merchandise with that phrase on it. I have this podcast called do what you want radio. And I have online workshops that help other creative entrepreneurs called do what you want workshops. And I have to stop myself when I find myself doing something that I don't like, because I'm like my whole MO here is to be like, do what you want. And if I'm not doing what I want, then that's not very authentic. And I, I found myself I mean, it was kind of before the tagline came along, but I was trying to do wedding photography. I hate wedding photography. I hate weddings. <laughs> I hate going to weddings. I hate thinking about weddings. I have no, like, joy in that industry. And me shooting weddings was, yeah, it's good money, and it just seems like what you're supposed to be doing as a photographer because that's what all the other photographers do. But I was so ingenuine. I don't even know. Is that a word? Disingenuous, I guess. Um, doing it that I was like this can't be like fair to people who want to pay me to do it because I am like dreading being here like I mm-hmm. I don't want to do it I don't think my photos are that exciting I'm not very proud of them I don't want to be here and so I stopped doing them and that's the number one question I get is why don't you do them or like do you do weddings and I'm like no I don't and then they're you know everyone wants to know why and I'm like because I don't want to <laughs> it's as simple yes. as that if my branding is going to be do what you want and I'm doing something I don't want then that's the problem and I still find myself in those situations sometimes on a much smaller scale than wedding photography where I'm like is this really what I want to be doing and I don't think things are always going to be glamorous every day but I definitely feel that and I think people would feel it too if I was doing a bunch of stuff I didn't want to do yeah it's so magnetic I mean, I think we can all envision someone that was just like doing what they absolutely loved, even when it's challenging Mm -hmm. and they were just letting themselves be really present with it and enjoying it as much as they can and really getting in the zone with it. Like no matter what it is, whether it's, you know, scrubbing floors and organizing or photography or coaching we can feel when someone is just like in their zone doing what they do best. And that is magnetic, whether it's something that you need at that moment to purchase or hire. We remember that Mm -hmm. whenever I know, like there's been multiple times (laughs) where I've had a friend who's an amazing photographer. They could do, like you said, like they could do all different types of photography, But when I can tell that something that I need in that moment, as far as photography goes, and they just like aren't in it, they're not loving that, I don't want to hire them. Mm -hmm. I'm going to hire someone that's loving what they do because I never want someone to be doing or to feel forced to do work that they don't enjoy. And I think all of us on some level are kind of aware of that, even if it's subconsciously. Yeah. And so I guess like on the last note, how would you encourage people to take that jump to go straight to doing what they want versus feeling like they have to do this, that, and the other just because they're supposed to. One, 
I'm going to give two things. One, you have total permission to do that. If, if you were waiting in any way, shape or form for a permission slip, here it is. You really can do what you most want to do and you can be financially nourished doing that and you can be successful doing it. Even if you question it, even if people have told you you can't be, it is possible if you really, really look at any of the beliefs that you have that have been holding you back from that and do the work necessary to remove them and align with what you most want. It is possible. You can do it. You have permission to do it. And second is to get really comfortable saying no and having clear boundaries that you uphold for yourself first and foremost. Yes, for other people, but also first and foremost for yourself. Mm -hmm. If your boundary is you're charging this much or you're not giving discounts or you're not doing weddings, really making sure that you are willing to say no because you will be tested most likely with like, a project that's kind of half what you want Mm -hmm. or that is going to pay more than what you even want just for you to do that one thing you don't really want to do. You're going to be tempted. And the more that you're willing to say no to things that you don't want, the more you're taking a stand for what you really do want. And I really believe that the universe conspires to support those who really devote to going all in for what they most desire. Yeah, it's like what they say, like the, you know, what is it? Uh, fortune rewards the bold or whatever. Is that like the, the quote? I don't know. Like the people, well, who, people who take the risks and are yeah. bold, that's like, those are the people who like get the the payoff. Yes. Yeah. The more bold you are, the more willing you are to to take a risk, I think, in in attempts to following your greatest desires, the more you will be rewarded, I really believe. Well, I feel like everything you said is all the things that people are all the things that people have been wanting me to talk about that I didn't feel comfortable talking about alone. So I'm really (laughs) glad that you were able to come on today and grace us with all of your knowledge. Yeah, thanks for having this combo with me. No, thanks for giving so much enlightenment. Um, So where can everyone find you, hire you, join any of your programs, all that good stuff? Yes. Um, I would love to hear your greatest takeaway um, from this episode. If you message me on either Facebook or Instagram, that's where I love to actually have dialogue and conversation, interaction. My Facebook is facebook.com forward slash Allison Braun, the joyologist. So you can message me there. And then Instagram, it's just Allison Braun. So those are great places to just kind of stay in the loop with different things, free resources, all kinds of goodies, um, and have dialogue. And then you can find out more about my work and my offerings at alisonbraun.com. And my, my recommendation for everyone is always to start with the business pleasure map. So if you go to the site, you'll be able to find that under the offerings section and it's, it's just like such an amazing thing to go through every six, six to 12 months. I still do it eight years later, one to two times a year to really make sure that I'm, I'm living the life that I want to live and being supported, um, with that through my business. I love it. And I did check out your website and you have very, very informative blog posts. So anyone listening who 
wants to get in the nitty gritty about that kind of stuff, her blog is pretty great. Awesome. Um, <laughs> Thank you. No problem. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah. Have, have an amazing, rich rest of your day. Hey y'all. Thanks so much for listening to do what you want radio. As always, you can find all the tools and links that are referenced in this week's episode at do what you want in the show notes. If listening to this podcast has brought you any value at all, please take a moment to go subscribe, rate and review, do what you want radio so that I can continue to reach creatives just like you and me. Doing this podcast is a lot of fun, but it takes a lot of work as well, and I do it all by myself, so I really appreciate those of you who keep listening week after week. You've already dedicated a lot of your time to listening to my voice, talking too fast probably, but if you're not tired of me yet, you can keep up with me, my photography work, and the creative services, products, and workshops I offer at jordanheffler.com and at jordanheffler on Instagram. If you want to be hardcore informed, subscribe to my weekly newsletter to get a free branding worksheet, as well as weekly tips and promotional offers for my digital products and merchandise, like Lightroom presets, Instagram overlays, t-shirts, hats, and everything else you didn't know you needed. You can sign up at jordanheffler.com slash subscribe. Thanks again for tuning in to Do What You Want Radio. I just want to let you know that you're probably doing a great job, and you probably deserve a beer. So, go get one. See you next week.